welcome to Everything You Remember Sucks. I'm one of your co-hosts, Colleen. And I'm apparently the middle child co-host, Matt. And I'm your goofiest goober, Anoop. I mean, you are an only child, so I feel like you inherently you just feel more middle child to me. I don't know why. I don't think being an only child makes you a middle child by default. Well, what a sad like, existence. By definition, like a, you are all of them. Yeah, but you're, <laughs> no, child. no, because you're, yeah. you're just one out of all of us. Because Anoop and I are better adjusted human beings because we had siblings to fight with. I'm the weirdest one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would have to, I would have to disagree with that one. But who's the weirdest one out of all of us? I mean, I don't want to point fingers, but he may not be in in this kitchen right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I because I don't take weird as an insult. I would argue that I am probably the weirdest one. Yeah, who's the nerdiest one? Also, again, yeah, but you can be nerdy in lots of different ways. I just but, like, yeah, I, and one of us is nerdy in a lot of different right. ways. I feel like I'm nerdy in a lot of different ways. I well, hmm. I think you're the middle child when it comes to nerdiest because you're nerdy, but I feel like I have a more, I have a plethora of nerdiness. I mean, I just like very like I get very into one thing at a time, and I learn everything about it, and then I dissolve all interest in it. But I don't think that's nerdy. Can't wait for your bike purchase to just be useless in five years. Yeah, eventually I will lose interest in it, and whatever other endurance sport tickles my fancy, <laughs> dog sledding or something. I don't know. <laughs> Once Run your knees options. go, you'll have to use the knees of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what gets people into dogs. Well, naturally, yeah. I would love if there was a big, like, competitive dog sledding scene in America. Like, <laughs> just like marathons and stuff. Like, oh, are you running the Boston dog sledding tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I'd go spectate that. I feel like you'd probably spectate it and then get sad. I bet it's sad. Yeah. yeah, it it gets sad real quick. Even dog shows, you think like, oh, this is going to be great. And then after a while, you're like, oh, this seems like a lot. This seems like a lot to make a dog do. It does. <laughs> um, great segue into what we did this week. Yeah, speaking of dog sledding, uh, this, <laughs> this week, <laughs> we <clears throat> went back and revisited SpongeBob. Oh, we could have just pivoted and did snow dogs from memory with Cuba Gooding Jr., <laughs> Which, of course, we all have a very vivid memory of Or Balto. Either or. <laughs> Again, exceedingly vivid. Well, I watch Baldo every Thanksgiving, so that well, works yeah. out. The classic Thanksgiving movie. We should try that once. Yeah. Pick something abstract from our childhood. Isn't that what we do every week? Well, we usually refresh our memory a bit. Oh, just oh, do it mean, purely on memory. Do yeah, an episode just off, just off of memory. I, I, yeah. It'd be fine. That'd be fine. You know what we should do? The first half of the episode of what we remember it being, and then the second half of the episode, we pause, we watch the movie, we finish the episode after we've watched it. Considering it takes us like 18 weeks to release one episode, I don't trust our follow through there, yeah. but it is a great idea. It's like three weeks, give or take. I mean, if you count the huge break we took, yeah, it's probably 18 weeks is our average. I mean, you could actually do the math on that, but that doesn't <laughs> seem like particularly exciting intra-podcast content. 
Yeah, uh, excuse us while we type in on our on our calculator. I mean, it does continue the trend of us having to talk about the format of the podcast during the podcast. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? No. Every podcast I listen to talks about podcasting. Do they? Mbimbo? Like, almost exclusively. Mbimbo has a lot of other bits. It's just occasionally they will talk about podcasting. Yeah, that's true. And then, like, half of last podcast is them talking about being podcasters, I feel like. Yeah. Or and at least actors. Being, being comedians. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, anyways. Okay. So this week, we decided to do SpongeBob. I decided to do SpongeBob. I've been wanting to do this one for a while, but I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. This is, like, our equivalent of a heavy hitter, right? Like, doing something yeah. like SpongeBob is, like... A fucking slam dunk. Like, all right, here come the nostalgia waves. Yeah. So to preface this, I just kind of picked six episodes randomly. Um, well, just like were... based off of we were kind of just riffing and like Googling and trying to remember our favorite bits from SpongeBob. Yeah, they were informed decisions. Yeah, they were. it wasn't just like, I'm going to pick season three, episode two. It was like, oh, remember that one where they're in the marching band? And then I Googled like which one that one was. And we watched it. Um, so I would have to say the choices were probably a little bit biased because obviously they were the episodes that stood out in my mind as good episodes, but I think all episodes were just really killer. I was kind of shocked that picking episodes based on things we remember, all of the episodes happened to be within the first three seasons of the show. Like I thought we would get to like five or six but, like, almost everything was from, like, one or two or early in three. Yeah. Which I was kind of shocked by because I thought, like, the staying power of later episodes would have been there. Yeah, but same. it was definitely heavily weighted towards early releases. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, I'm curious what everyone's relationship is with SpongeBob. Because, like, thinking about it, it's been, so it first aired in 1999. And clearly we have fond memories of the first season because those were, we picked a lot from the first season and the third season. So I'm assuming they're only on season 13 right now. So it can't be a season per year. No. Because that math doesn't add up. I can do that math. It's definitely not. And I believe they also went on hiatus for a while. Okay. And then Stephen Hegelberg? I don't know what his name is. that doesn't seem right. But Uh, it is Higgel Hills or something. I don't know. Does Zanoop have it? No. no, I have no idea. You guys are providing all the lore on this one. (laughs) How unlike us. Anyway, he very recently passed away from ALS, which is very sad. But he came back after a while, and I think they revived the show. Hillenburg. Hillenburg. Yeah, so I wasn't sure, like, if it was every year there was a new season. Because, like, 1999, I was nine years old. You were eight, right? Probably. Math checks out. Math checks out. So I feel like that was like definitely a good age to start watching Spongebob because it is more wholesome than I remember. Like the life lessons that Spongebob has are very sweet. It's just like the quintessential cartoon, in my opinion, like for our generation, like this is the cartoon I most remember watching and enjoying and have the fondest memories of. Like there's a lot of bits that I remember from it. Yeah, I think. And still used to this day. Like that's the other thing, like memes still relevant like the i need it meme where he's like dried out and sandy's we did that episode but that's like i send that to meg every time i online shop essentially but yeah like (laughs) yeah spongebob has also had 
a renaissance in meme culture, like t- entirely devoted to it. So that has also helped it stay very near and dear to my heart, more so than like Fairly Odd Parents or Jimmy Neutron, which is also like of yeah. this era. But even if, let's say, Fairly Odd Parents had a resurgence in memes, it, it wouldn't mean the same to me as SpongeBob does because I SpongeBob was like the show that I watched very often as a child. Only Danny Phantom. That was the only one that could maybe stand a chance. I I would be impressed by the people who generate memes out of Danny Phantom. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, SpongeBob is just a series of inane sort of random jokes, so they cover a lot of territory. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. If you can bring up Danny Phantom on Daily Conversation, you might just be, well, maybe you, me, and our college roommate. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. All right, so I watched a lot of SpongeBob growing up. What was your guys' experience with it? A noob. Uh, So I didn't have cable frequently as a kid, so I didn't get Nickelodeon all that often. Um, We'd only ever have it for like a little bit at a time. So whenever I had Nickelodeon, I never thought that I watched all that much Spongebob. I thought it was like a show that would be on on occasion. I would watch it. It was only through scrolling through these episodes and like looking at adjacent episodes to the ones that we watch where I'm like, I guess I've seen all of these. Like, I knew all of them and I knew all the references that it's not just from memes, though I do love uh, sort of Bikini Bottom memes in general. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I guess I had watched a lot of Spongebob. It never particularly resonated with me uh, as like a show that I loved, but it turns out I guess I had seen a lot of it. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of reruns and it just kind of permeated TV. Yeah, it was on all the time. I watched it all the time. It was also the only cartoon that my parents, I distinctly remember my parents enjoying watching. Yeah. Because it is like, just like silly and goofy and not over the top childish. And there's also like, I think cartoons have gotten much more comfortable doing like weird imagery. And I'm sure like Animaniacs and Ren and Stimpy and stuff also have like weird kind of imagery. But rewatching SpongeBob, there's a lot of that as well, where it's just like, it's like extreme close ups yeah. or like cuts to real people and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it keeps it enjoyable for the adult viewers. But it was a staple. Watched a ton of it, similar to a noob scrolling through the first four seasons or whatever, trying to find the episodes. Every single one of them I can remember. I mean, I think some are more memed and quoted than others, but they're all there somewhere. Yeah, like, like it was like, oh, what's this episode? Oh, yeah, that one. Like, it wasn't, there wasn't ever one where I was like, I don't think I've seen that one. And I think more so than a lot of stuff we've done recently, like nostalgia waves like crazy. I think. One, because I did watch so much of it at that time where nostalgia hits hard. Like doing one of our food episodes is similar where it's like, oh, wow, this is very nostalgic. Like I haven't watched this in ages and then going back to it, it's like, oh, this is great. But also it's had such staying power that it still feels fresh. It's not like somewhat removed. Like, oh, what happens in this episode? It's like, no, I know exactly what happens in this episode. And it's just the jokes that I get to relearn and experience and it's fun. So it does hit the nostalgia buttons pretty pretty effectively, I'd say. I agree. It also is one of the shows that my sister and I would enjoy together because I feel like we had very different tastes growing up. I mean, we still do have very different tastes, but this was one that I remember like we'd joke about, we'd like repeat SpongeBob jokes to each other and we'd, we'd watch it together. So that's always nice too. Yeah. I, 
I like I said, I could also probably just keep rewatching this show. Like it was enjoyable and fun and kind of mindless. And also 11 minutes or whatever the typical cartoon episode length is is kind of perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, like it's very ideal time. for a sort of YouTube generation. Right, eleven yeah. minutes is like, about the amount of time. Yeah, I love it. It's just like okay, hit all the beats, a couple random jokes, and then on to the next thing. It's like not overstaying its welcome by any means. So, yeah, yeah. So big I was, fan. I was researching it a bit today when we were watching, and one would just want to go over like the reception of the show because I was like, oh, I wonder if it's like clearly it's not just us that liked it, right? Because it's still going now and it's been a long ass time um but i was curious and there was one syracuse university go orange woo, woo, professor um <clears throat> i'm curious why they got a quote from this professor but here we are whatever i'll take it it's very relevant very important <clears throat> yeah he said quote there's something kind of unique about spongebob it seems to be a refreshing breath from the pre-irony era there's no sense of elbow and rib a tongue-in-cheek aesthetic that so permeates the rest of American culture, including kids' shows like Rugrats. I think what's subversive about it is it's so incredibly naive, deliberately, because there's nothing in it that's trying to be hip or cool or anything else. Hipness can be grafted onto it. I think that's, like, a really good way to describe this show, and especially SpongeBob's character, who was... SpongeBob was also named one of the top... 100 greatest characters in the last 20 years by entertainment weekly i don't know if i can name 100 characters from the last 20 years but spongebob I mean, I probably could but I, the thing is to name the top 100 how many do you need to include <laughs> but you i would include, include spongebob in the list so yeah. i guess that counts right right but if you're generating a top 100 list you have to assess what a thousand two thousand like how many 101 101 see that's not a great list <laughs> if you've only looked at 100 people and you put them into this list of 100 people theoretically you only need 100 but that's true no that's not, no to generate a top anything list you need to assess an order of magnitude it just says higher. 100 greatest not top 100 so theoretically the semantic greatest means you need to assess them all <laughs> you need to assess all characters no, throughout true. all history I guess that's that's fair um yeah it's interesting they do mention rugrats because i think that was like the cartoon before this that i remember watching but i think they're just different eras like spongebob is like an inflection point in my head of where cartoons afterwards were all informed by this and it's kind of like more goofy style of humor and then also more just like fast pace or erratic i feel like um I was firmly a Nickelodeon kid growing up as well, as opposed to like WB's like weird sort hey, of. They weren't not, weird. Not weird, but they just had like a very like curated set of cartoons. I was either anime or like Jackie Chan advent- Adventures. Yeah, I watched a lot of Jackie Chan Adventures. Again, did <laughs> not have cable, so cartoon- I can probably tell you the lore of like Jackie Chan Adventures <laughs> stuff still. Yeah, I I. That's a bonus episode. Remember when I said let's do something cold? Jackie Chan yeah. Adventures. Um, I've never seen it. And then I think Cartoon Network is more of the like edgier kind of like iconoclastic cartoons, but I didn't like them as much. Except I did like Courage the Cowardly Dog a lot. Yeah. Um, although there's one episode of that with King Ramsey's slab or whatever that still terrifies me to this day. I feel Courage like I tried watching. Dog. 
Yeah, I, it's kind of fucked. It's I like tried watching that show, and I, I distinctly remember many it's episodes of that horrifying. show absolutely terrifying me as a child. Like, I was scarred. I can't think of the one that I'm thinking of, but I'll... It was... I just, like... There is one that stands out in my mind, and I, it just made me not want to watch the show. Is it with the again. mummy that goes, pretend the slab? I don't so, think so fucking scary. No, but that sounds... That sounds also scary. Um, Another favorite quote that I saw was the character, quote, the anti-Bart Simpson... That's a really good way to describe Spongebob, I think. Um, temperamentally and physically, his head is as squared off and neat as Bart is. Bart's is unruly and he has a personality to match. Conscientious, optim- Jesus, conscientious, conscientious, conscientious. Just move on. Conscientious? You might, you're going you're to want to edit this one. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> and it's going to be like a weird gap in the conversation with a, a robot voice being conscientious. Conscientious. <laughs> Do I try again? No, you want to say it? Conscientious. Thank you. Optimistic. <laughs> I'll just edit. I'm just going to edit. That's- <laughs> um, optimistic and blind to the faults in the world and those around him. Also, another one. His relentless good cheer would be irritating if he weren't so darn lovable and his world so excellently strange. I like that one, too. Yeah. I feel like these people might be overanalyzing SpongeBob just a hair. <laughs> I, I will somewhat agree rewatching it. One, an overarching theme of the episodes that we watch, much more Squidward centric than I remember things being. I think being. Squidward might be the main character. Right. Yeah. In, in, in a more reasonable universe. <laughs> um, He's definitely got more face time but and more speaking time in all of those episodes that we watched. Honestly, I thought Patrick would be more on screen, but I guess that's just from remembering it because patrick is very firmly in the like supporting character which makes sense because he's such a like like I single think, note kind of thing yeah i think there are a lot of episodes where it's mainly just spongebob and right. patrick but we just happen to pick yeah so i wonder if that's just us picking it because he's obviously in there as like the real person equivalent to a spongebob type person but yeah. i think that that perspective works pretty well where it's like that's why he doesn't get as annoying because you just have this like complete like nihilistic like guy who hates everything experiencing all of this stuff and spongebob is just so carefree and happy yeah there was a point in time where squidward wished for death and i was like yeah i get you squidward there's a bunch of like fun things with squidward or he says like he has no soul or something like that and then um but no like i i feel like that was also one of the things of this being firmly something from childhood where it becomes uncouth like okay we don't like spongebob anymore because he's annoying or childish or whatever but re-watching it you could kind of get the adult adult appeal of it a bit more where there are these other characters that aren't so like saccharine sweet over the top and spongebob is kind of just like ignorant and in his joy like he's just yeah. like a good person and nice and not as idiotic as I feel like I remember him being. He's just like a nice guy. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, yeah, Patrick is clearly the idiot. And SpongeBob yeah, pa- is the, Patrick is Patrick's a simpleton. A straight idiot and SpongeBob is the happy idiot where he's just like blissfully unaware and doesn't pick up on social cues and just lives his life the way he wants to live his life. And I love it. I'm here for it. He's a role model. Patrick Starr is a role model. <laughs> yes, Patrick Starr is my role model. Although I do like, I remember identifying with 
Squidward a lot as a kid, and it's probably because... I've never been an optimistic person, although I'm a very happy person. <laughs> it's just who I am. And I also play the clarinet. I was going to so. say, you got to mention the clarinet. It's the I clarinet. cannot tell 100% you. 100% just the clarinet. I remember going to, so when I was in college, I, we had like a, we hosted a, over the summer, because I lived on campus, that we hosted a, a kid like day where they'd come in and we'd play all the instruments for them. And, and I like literally remember getting up and I was like, this is the clarinet. And they're like, like Squidward. I'm like, yep. Like Squidward. They're not wrong. I mean, the point in one of the episodes where SpongeBob licks his lips to play the clarinet, I've seen you do that exact move. Yeah. That's very fair. (laughs) It's how you warm up. Very fair. Um, It's not how you play the clarinet, but. Definitely not. <laughs> gross. So that leads us to our first gross. That leads us to our first episode that we did. And these were all picked at random, but I'm just going to do them in the order that I picked them and watch them. And the first one, of course, I wanted to watch was the Band Geek episode, which was in season two. Um, and I guess we'll just recap it and talk a little bit about it, but... Essentially, Squidward gets a call from, and this is probably my favorite name, Squilliam Fancyson, into it. I, so I think the recaps can be as short as, this is the Sweet Victory episode, and that should bring it into everybody's minds in sort of perfect clarity. Maybe the most memorable episode, Yeah, this right? is the one where he gets the marching band together. Like, end of story, that's all you need to really say. But, like, so much of it is memorable. Like, you have the mayonnaise and instrument line. Saying, all you, you could literally say, this is the one where Patrick asks if mayonnaise is an instrument. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. The owner of the white sedan, you left your lights on. I remember that, like, very vividly as well. Um, yeah, I love this. This episode is so good. And it's, like, a perfect cartoon episode. I also find it... I didn't think this was as hurtful as a child, obviously, but... The beginning of the episode when Squilliam calls him up and is like, oh, like, I guess go work your service job because you gave up playing the clarinet. Like, you didn't make it a career. And I was like, damn, take this fucking knife out of my chest. Yeah, yeah. I heard you're playing the cash register in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> heard you're playing the cash register, except for replace cash register with fucking laptop. And here I am. All right. I also like how Squilliam does die at the end of the episode. Yeah, he a massive heart attack. Dies of shock. <laughs> it's a great episode. Like, great cartoon. Obviously, the song is super memorable. Um, but yeah, like... Plankton playing the fucking harmonica. Yeah, there's like... Where he's like running to different g- spots on the harmonica and like blowing with all of the air. I thought that was so well good done. Good throwaway gags. Yeah, that, the like, these, these claws aren't just for mating. Like... It's, it's pretty funny when they like the dome rises up to the football stadium that's another one of those weird things that i forgot happened in spongebob until i was rewatching it like where they just show real people all the time or like when you look through the binoculars in that one episode and it's like a real person's eyeballs or like the weird close-ups like you were mentioning like i forgot about this but like when they raise up into the football field and they're like these are some ugly looking fish <laughs> and i thought that was really good it was a good episode yeah I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good one. Definitely classic. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's easy to remember the end of it. The middle parts are like, they faded into some amount of memory. But then, yeah, there's classic bits like that. It's it's mayonnaise and it's true bit. It's just a solid line. So good. Or like when he comes back and 
Sandy's got the trombone on him and he it, like the slide comes down and even though it's not really what would happen because the slide coming in means the pitch goes up but we can ignore well, yes. that we can he'd ignore really that. be dead so <laughs> yeah so. plus he was carrying a trumpet on his way out and when he came back in it turned into a trombone there is an incredible moment later when they're all brawling and sandy and patrick are looking at each other and then sandy picks up a trumpet again and he looks like all the blood rushes out of his face like it's pretty funny yeah um i i thought this like, I guess, administrative note, I was kind of surprised that this was only 30 episodes, roughly. Season one and two were 15 episodes each. 30 episodes into the show. In my head, this was like a late episode. Like, I thought this was going to be like way into the SpongeBob run. Um, So yeah, I guess that like emphasizes how slow these were to actually come out. I wonder how many, like when the movie came out as well, if it was after that. Um, but yeah, probably the most nostalgic episode from the bunch that we watched for me. That's true. I don't know which one's the most nostalgic for me. Now I'm thinking about it. Probably yeah, probably that one. Just because I also was a band geek, so I liked that. Are we gonna do rapid fire for these? We got six to go through, so I mean we're only twenty nine minutes into our podcast, Matt. We got another hour and a half to kill. Well, we only watch like 55 minutes of content, so it's only going to be a seven-hour episode. Yeah, true. All right, so the next episode we did was season three, Idiot Box, um, which I did not remember that that was the name of this, which is a little offensive. But this yeah, is basically yeah. the one where Patrick and SpongeBob order a television, like a big-ass television, just so they could get an empty box to play in. This is essentially a... The first one is a Squidward episode, but just in the sense that, like, he is the framing because he plays an instrument, but it's kind of like an ensemble episode where everyone has, like, a little bit. This one is a Squidward episode. Yeah. Uh, This one is a Squidward episode, and in terms of nostalgia rating, I think Band Geeks is probably highest up there. In terms of ones that I just legitimately enjoyed today, this one I laughed out loud at. Yeah, this this one's one's funny. funny. I thought... Go ahead, Sorry, go ahead. the bit about the mountain climbers and, and the multiple avalanches is legitimately funny. It is still good. Yeah. And that they like, it interrupts the joke and he looks in the box and then it gets back to the same bit. Like, I think that's really well done. Like, the yeah, helicopters it's... come in. Like, I think that's really good. Yeah. So finishing up, finish up your framing for the episode because I also want to add on to the mountain climbers bit, but. Okay. So essentially they get this. TV delivered just so they can have a box. Squidward comes out and is like, what do you do with that TV? And they're like, oh, you can have it because they were just going to throw it out because they're so high and mighty. They don't need any TV. They've got their imaginations. And this is also the one where you get the, the SpongeBob goes, imagination. Yes, and it that is the, the one-liner for the episode. Yeah. This is the imagination classic, episode. <laughs> yeah. Classic SpongeBob move. Uh, also a meme. Um, and then, so they get in the box and like, when they get into the box and they close the top, they're using their imaginations to play, but like all the sounds coming out of the box are real. And so they're imagining their mountain climbing and you can hear like the chains of their like gear and you can yes. like, it's so good. And then um, Squidward keeps coming back and opening the box because he's hearing it from outside of the box and Squidward comes back and he's opens the box and he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, how are you eating all those noises? And Spongebob just keeps going, my imagination. 
Yeah, um, very meme worthy. Yeah. The avalanche bit is so fucking funny, one. And then my two favorite parts of it is the I need my legs are frozen solid. I need to cut them off. <laughs> it's like I would help you, Patrick, but I already sawed off my hands. And then not only that, then the helicopters rescue come in as a sound effect. Yeah. And they're like, Don't worry, boys, we've got the saws. <laughs> exactly. Come on. That is so funny. And I'm sure I didn't appreciate it no, as much not as I at did. All. Yeah, that's also why I think this is ended up being a show that like our parents probably enjoyed us watching is because like there's stuff that we still thought it was fun and funny and that it was goofy that oh look at all those noises that are coming out of the box but our parents were probably like this is fucking good. <laughs> yeah, this read to me. This just felt like a really really good improv scene. Yeah, like felt from start to beginning. I was just like, this is like classic straight man like. <laughs> everything set up perfectly i i just really enjoyed this one yeah rip it rip it baby thanks sweetie i got you yeah i i think this episode is super funny like there's there's like oh and then the bit where squidward's inside and he's turned he's he's like all right i'm just gonna sit down i'm just gonna turn on my tv and he flips through a bunch of channels and on every single channel it's just something about boxes and i just thought that was also really good uh professional boxing i guess i could live with that and then it's two boxes. Boxes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they're all just like very quick but funny bits. Like yeah. then he tries to have the box and he kicks it, and then the police siren comes up, and he's like, "I must have violated some new box kicking law." <laughs> it's fine, officer. <laughs> like yeah, it's just like really solid. But I was surprised that there were episodes that aren't in. You pick these from memory, like we said. Mm-hmm. And again, that like there are Squidward, so many Squidward centric things, like was kind of surprising to me. Um, the other thing that I noticed that I did not remember at all was around Squidward's house, all of his art and his pictures were all of himself. Of him? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't notice that as a kid, or maybe I didn't. I just forgot about it, but I thought that was really funny and just shows like, just builds that character of just being like so self centered. But I really liked it. It was a good episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. So, yeah, yeah, he basically loses his mind not being able to imagine things, then gets in the box at night, and then imagines he's driving a car. But in reality, he's not imagining anything and gets carted off to the dump. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. Then he gets pied in the face. Perfect ending. Yeah, perfect ending for a kid's show, for sure. Yeah. Who threw out a whole pie? Yeah, I don't know. I know. Someone so throws out a whole Krabby Patty. They still took a bite of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Good so how did they get full the from next... one bite? I don't know. What are they, me? I, Good... I presume that he had had multiple Krabby Patties prior to that. Yeah, they act like Krabby Patties are like finger food. So. True. All right. Well, speaking of Krabby Patties, the next episode that we did was another classic from season three also. And that was just one bite. And that is the episode where Squidward eats his first Krabby Patty. This was probably the episode I was most looking forward to going back to. Because I think of the line like... The scene of him in the vault. Yeah, it'll go straight to your thighs. (laughs) And then you'll blow up. Like, that is so good. And I think about that all the time. There's something about his thighs in that scene that are just so visibly unpleasant to me. I think it's like the animated cellulite that's like... Yeah, it's bad. It's, 
it, it just looks, it's one of those things, or this is also one where they do a close-up on his face and it just looks so grizzled and old. Yeah. I think, yeah, him as a character is kind of disgusting. The fact that he has six thighs or four thighs, however they style his legs, That's is also off-putting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I love. I also love this episode. Okay. I think this is a great one. Yeah. So ba- yeah, the premise of the episode is that Squidward says he has not, or he hates Krabby Patties, and then everyone in the restaurant goes and pops their head into the cook cook area and is like, so they all chime in and say like, if you don't like Krabby Patties, it's because you've never had one. And Squidward's like, yeah, I've never had one. They're garbage. Why would I eat that garbage? And SpongeBob sits there and tries to convince him to have this Krabby Patty multiple times. And eventually Squidward caves and he's like, all right, I'll take one bite. And this is when you get like the really close up scene of like the grotesque mouth. And it's just like horse teeth, like just nibbling off one tiny little bite. That was actually the first duck face. Yeah. 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 The first instance of duck face. Um, And then he he says he hates it. And then Spongebob walks away and it turns out he fucking loves it. And he's like a crack addict. And I just thought that was like a very funny scene as well. Just him him being like itching for like Jones and for a Krabby Patty. Yeah, him digging it up and like eating the sand is like pretty great. I think we didn't talk like the best bit in the whole episode to me is the intro where the guy gets the like fraught double batter fried burger and he forgets the mayonnaise and then it cuts the guy eating it. And he's just like guzzling mayonnaise. <laughs> like, so oh, he shoots a jet of mayonnaise <laughs> into his mouth. So it's gross. so good. Oh, I also really love the line where he SpongeBob's like, "It's good for you," and Squidward's like, "It's not good for you," and SpongeBob's like, "It's good for your soul." <laughs> and that's why he says, "I have no soul." And then, like, the hell scene plays around him, and he is aware of that. Like, he recognizes that, like, it's hell around him, and he's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> And then I also really like the SpongeBob line where he's like, "I ha- or so basically Squidward finds a Krabby Patty that just has like one bite taken out of it or whatever." And oh no no no, this is before that. Squidward orders a, a Krabby Patty like himself, even though there's no customer that wants it. And then SpongeBob's like, "Oh, I want to deliver this to the customer that ordered this. Like this is a good order." And then he goes out and nobody picks it up, obviously because it's for Squidward, and he can't admit to SpongeBob that he likes Krabby Patties. So SpongeBob's like, oh, I haven't had one of these babies in about 20 minutes. And so he eats it. And I just thought that was such a Matt Elam move. <laughs> that is. But there's like a bunch of really good bits. Like he gets the thrown away Krabby Patty. He's like, no, wait, this has to be cremated. It's like. They have a fucking crematorium in the, yeah. in the back. Or when he discovers the vault and SpongeBob shows up, he's like, I always come in at 3M. This is when I count the sesame seeds. Like. <laughs> Like, I also I, I think the best visual gag right there is Spongebob takes off his hat and, and has a hat underneath crusty crab hat is underneath that <laughs> I'm like that's perfect <laughs> it, it's it's really good it's so good uh, I also just love that the Krabby Vault exists at all yeah I, the scene of Squidward in the vault and like eating like slithering like, while eating all yeah, the patties like throwing yeah. burgers into his mouth also is great. Matt yeah. yeah, also me. And then, yeah, the <laughs> first look at your thighs, and then you'll blow up. And then in the ambulance, like, oh, I remember my first Krabby Patty. <laughs> God, yeah. it's just such a good episode. This one really brought me back. I feel like my sister and I always used to quote that, like, first, it'll go straight to your thighs. And then, like, just the timing of the scene where they're like, it'll go straight to your thighs, and they zoom out, and you just see these massive fucking thighs, and then he's like, and then you'll blow up. It's just so good. It's Yeah, it's great. It's, like, absurd, but in the best way. 
So that's pretty much it for our late episodes, right? And then we go back to like basically the beginning of the show. Yeah, season. I mean, yeah, we went, we, we did season one, episode five, season one, episode one. And then, which I did not remember was episode one, but I guess it makes sense. And then season one, episode three. Were there um, any episodes before we get into the last three that like you guys wish we had revisited or were thinking about? There were so many. Um, any of the times that he takes his driving test and fails. I think those are really funny. Um, the episodes, like we didn't have anything with Pearl in it. I thought that, oh, the episode where the Larry the Lobster or whatever, like does like the the weight the weightlifting thing. contest and like SpongeBob's like trying to lift like a Q-tip. Like that's a classic. Um, we didn't do any with really Mr. Krabs being like the center. Like I think he's funny when he's like the, I can't think of any specific episodes, but they're all about money, obviously. Um, oh, uh, also the Plankton one. The F is for friends who do stuff Yeah, we didn't together. do really anything with Plankton, yeah. which was surprising to me. True. I mean, I just... I No, I'm, I'm not saying you picked six bad episodes. We I'm just curious like, if we were to I'm do I'm saying more. you picked one good episode. And uh, five. <laughs> but yeah, I think those are the ones that I would have wanted to do. But that's like that would be another... Six episodes, probably. No, I'm just curious. Like, what what's next? SpongeBob two because this has got legs. Yeah, I mean, clearly we spin off and we just do a SpongeBob rewatch podcast. Yeah, I would do that absolutely. <laughs> One each episode is a half of an episode. It's only the <laughs> eleven minute segment. <laughs> what about you, Noob? Any that you wish we did? Uh, let's see. I think. Uh, Doodle Bob would have been a good one. Doodle Bob was scary. Doodle Bob was, was a little fucked. Uh, the Hashlingy Slasher. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. And the one with the, uh, the Pickles. Still no Pickles. Uh, Still with, no Pickles, uh, yeah. I forget his name. Um, those are all good ones. I thought we were definitely- Oh, I also, uh, I forgot about this one until just now. What am I- fi- Uh-oh. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Something popped up on my computer. Whew. One of my favorite episodes was the uh, free balloon day or whatever when, um, God, when SpongeBob and Patrick get like a balloon for free, but they think that they stole it because they didn't know it was free balloon day. And then they're like panicking, thinking they're like criminals and like it pops and they go to put it back together. And Patrick's like, I've got the pieces. And SpongeBob's like, I've got the air. And I just like, that's such a good bit. Love that one. We're getting bit specific now. Yeah, There's a um, lot of good bits. I thought we were doing, and I kept seeing it, and I was surprised we weren't doing it, the Chocolate Salesman episode. Um, and then I'm also, I love the training video one. Like the, let's show you how to make your first Krabby Patty. Um, I thought we would do one Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yeah, those are good. One. And then the only other one that like sticks out vividly, and I feel like it's just from the memes, is when they become like neighborhood watch. I don't even remember the premise for the episode, but Wee then, woo, wee yeah, woo, wee woo. He's just yeah. standing there menacingly. <laughs> like that is like I think there's something about the eleven minute format where it's like really you just need one good bit in there yeah and I exactly feel like there's that's a good it. bit in pretty much all their episodes yeah um i mean doing the jellyfishing ones are good like one of those is good because there are several where that's the premise like he gets like the rocket powered like fishing yeah. net at some point 
nothing with Gary is kind of a letdown. Yeah, um, the, I wanted to do the episode also where Gary went missing. Yeah, but I, again, I and think Gary wasn't in any of these episodes, huh? Nope. Yeah, I think there's more that are like Patrick and SpongeBob, like buddy cop type comedy ones that we didn't do, but are just not coming to memory. But yeah, it, these are all great. I'm just curious when we do our spinoff, what to look forward to. Yeah. What would you spend up to next week? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one that we did do was the pizza delivery one, uh, which was another one that stood out in my mind. And I was surprised also that this one was from season one because this one felt like a later season to me. Oh, I thought this was like the first episode of the show. <laughs> really? Yeah. For whatever reason, like this one stood out as like the most like early spongebob episode in my head i mean to be fair it also was very early um so this one essentially they they're closing up shop and they get a phone call from somebody wanting to place an order mr krabs is there when squidward's like no we're closing and mr krabs takes the phone and is like no no no, what do you want because he's so money hungry i think that's a good bit um but the person's like do you sell pizza and he's like yeah we sell pizza and then hangs up and then they have to make a pizza, which he just does from burgers, which I found also. He just karate good. chops burgers like, into a pizza. Um, and then it's just the tale of SpongeBob and Squidward delivering that pizza. Yeah, so the only one thing from this episode I really remembered was the song. Like The Crusty Crab Pizza is the pizza absolutely but again like anuba saying with the 11 minute format it's like you you hang your hat on that but then everything else is like gravy it's like the back it up bit is super funny to me pioneers used to ride these bad boys yeah that's a good one too but like what i didn't remember was like the gag of like him trying to get the the 18 wheeler to stop so he could hitchhike and the 18 wheeler driver is like you gosh darn break dancers, get out of the road! Tries to run him off the road. Like, oh, so funny. It's a good one. I really, yeah, I really like this one. Um, I also really liked when they finally do get to the guy's house. And, like, in my head, I just thought that the guy complained about the delivery taking so long. Because I was like, why wouldn't that be the guy's complaint? And then I, they get to his house and they're like, your pizza's here. And he's like, great, I've been wanting one of these. And he's like, where's my diet dr kelp or whatever and like the dude just fucking loses it at spongebob and i didn't remember that and now that i've worked in customer service like i remember thinking as a kid like yeah that that's unreasonable nobody would do that and then i worked in customer service and i'm like no no no, that's reasonable that's actually how people would react cool 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 but you guys have never worked you i've worked at a coffee shop i know i know what that's like yeah that's true I also still work in a service industry, yeah. technically. True. This yeah. this this episode also has its meme moment where they're looking at the pizza and it's like the fucking case from Pulp Fiction, like glowing on them as they're like eyeing this delicious pizza. <laughs> also something about animated pizza, man. Yeah. Animated pizza looks goofy delicious. goofy goofy movie pizza. Yeah, that's string that's oh, stringy cheese. Goofy mm. movie pizza. Ugh. That's what we should do. Just the pizza from the movie. I can do a whole episode on that for sure. Um, I also forgot about the end of this one when 
SpongeBob gets yelled at by the customer and he goes back to Squidward and he's like tearing up and he starts crying and then he's like on the ground crying and then he like all of his water gets out and then he soaks it all back up. I thought that was a good bit. That's a good visual gag. Yeah. yeah. And then I also thought it was really sweet. Like I was like, it was Squidward nice sometimes and yeah. I just don't remember it, but I thought it was really sweet when he was like, Sponge, it's okay, Sponge. I'm like, oh, he's calling him Sponge. And then he goes back and throws the pizza to the guy. Like, I thought that was really, that was a very tender moment. Yeah, I guess that would be his nickname, right? If his first name is SpongeBob. I mean, it should be Bob. If somebody called him Bob, though, it would feel weird. I'm not Theo. I'm Matt. <laughs> you always go with the first half. Yeah, but there's people that are named Alexander and they go by Xander. Fucking crazy. Very few people, though. <laughs> I know one of them. I know most of them go by Alex, though. Yeah, yeah but how lame is it to go by Alex? As Just go by Dur. More... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I had a friend from college who used to, he was very funny and weird. And he would, all of my friends in, in college call me Call. Which wasn't isn't really a thing anymore. That just stopped at grad school. But he was the one that was like, "Why does everyone call you Call?" He's like, "I'm gonna call you Lean." <laughs> so my nickname for him is just Lean. All right. Still love it. Lean's a good nickname. I think so. I though it could it could imply that you have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, she does, but it could imply it as well. <laughs> um, the the weird thing going back to these episodes for me is like, again, they're the first season, but they just feel so much more simplistic and like less jam packed with jokes or visual gags. And also the animation is just a little rougher. But yeah, like I remember these episodes very well, but the season three ones we did were better, just better. No? Yes? No? I guess so. Uh, I felt that most with uh, with one of the next episodes we're going to talk about. Um, I, I thought this one was fine. I th- This is pretty d- bit dense. Yeah. It's got a lot of jokes in it. And uh, it's got a few running bits. I, I thought this one... Wor- this one felt more like a season three episode. Okay. Than, uh, than Jellyfishing did to me. Jellyfishing, yeah. I was like, I don't know, this is not that funny. That was the weakest episode that we watched. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I saved the weakest for last. I mean, I don't... It it is like a classic Spongebob episode in the sense that, like, Spongebob jellyfishes. Okay, well, first we'll do season one, episode one, part C, apparently, which was um, Tea at the Tree Dome, which is basically when they introed Sandy for the first time. Um, Oh, but yeah, we should have also done the, like, uh, when Spongebob makes himself into the shape of texas and he's like what am i stupid i'm texas what's the difference yeah that's a good one we use that one a lot since we moved to texas (laughs) the bit became immediately more relevant (laughs) yeah 100 percent um again introducing this one felt very like a this one i i remembered this one being an early episode and then i was like oh it was the first episode yeah it's literally the first episode which i guess makes sense because sandy is like a pretty common reoccurring character yeah although definitely my least favorite recurring character really yeah i don't know why i like sandy she was all right uh but essentially he sees sandy introduces himself and is like wow i really like your i don't know air helmet or something whatever yeah air helmet is what he says 
Um, and he's like, can I try it on? And she's like, no, I need air. This is, this has air in it. And he's, and Spongebob's being the ever polite idiot, oblivious idiot is like, yeah, me too. Love air. Air's great. And so she's like, great. Why don't you come over to my dome? We'll hang out. We'll have tea and cookies. And then he goes to Patrick and says that he's nervous about it. Right. Yeah. And then Patrick, literally the only advice he gives him is because he's going to tea time is to just pinky out. When in doubt, pinky out. Um, I just love there's a there's a bit in there where Patrick says oh she's putting on airs that means she's just fancy and I'm like that is like this is like a very subtle wordplay yeah that's yeah. like too smart for too the smart show for Patrick for sure yeah I was like this is interesting for episode one that this was the bit that they did yeah agreed for sure pinky out as a kid though probably stuck out more than any spongebob that's why Anything, i though. remember this episode like so. I, I still do that right you'll occasionally if you see me drinking something frequently my pinky is out because and i did it as a bit and now my hand right just from that. this fucking episode not 100%. from any like etiquette class or anything like 100%. an episode of spongebob and when i catch myself doing it i think when in doubt pinky, pinky out, out. Like that, that is stuck with me. I think that, and maybe better than any show has ever done, or pop culture, when you're really in need of something like thirsty or hungry and craving it, like what that feels like when SpongeBob is looking at the vase with the ice water in it, and he's like, "I don't need it. I don't, I don't need, need it. it. I don't need it." Yeah, like. That is a good. That is a good moment that's, for that's, an episode that really doesn't have that much going on in it because he's just literally like dying of suffocation yeah, and it's, it's just rough. him yeah. either sticking his pinky out or wanting water. Still, still a good moment. Yeah, I think this is a pretty. This is a pretty funny episode for it being so like first first season first episode. Yeah, I also love that Patrick barges into the dome trying to prove his point like you're fine like you don't need it and then starts walking over and then collapses <laughs> and is it I, I wasn't watching uh the tv because i was watching i was taking notes but isn't there like a scene where it's just like a picture of an actual dried out sponge and starfish yeah, sandy, I think that's pretty good. sandy finds a <laughs> kitchen sponge and like a tchotchke starfish yeah on astroturf that's a good bit um, and then she gives them obviously water helmets that they can wear when they're in there. And then she, they go to drink tea. It clinks against their thing. She puts a tea bag in their, their water helmets. I thought that was also a good bit, even though she said, "I hope you like your tea strong." And it's like, bitch, there's so much water in that. This would be weak ass tea. Yeah, it's and frankly, that ruined the whole episode for me. Yeah, yeah, it's just the yeah. physics of it. Yeah, she should have been like, "Here's twelve more tea steepers for this amount of water." And but I did like that they just like absorbed it. That was cute. Yeah. It's it's weird going back to such early episodes of the show because they are so memorable, but we went in the wrong direction because I did feel, like I said at the top for this section, like spoiled by how dense the later episodes were compared to these. Like, yeah, they're still good and still very nostalgic. But they're like, just very bit. They're, like the later episodes had bits the entire time they're just slower yeah they're just not yeah. as sharp like not as funny more like simplistic which is fine and noop i know you're gonna rip into jellyfishing but uh i oh yeah so the last one we did was jellyfishing season one episode three i don't know what 
made me think of this episode specifically. I think it was the moment when Squidward's in the wheelchair and Patrick's like, firmly grasp the handle. And he doesn't because his hands are in the fucking bandages. And he's like, firmly grasp it. And he like shoves it. I remember that specifically being pretty funny. Um, yeah. And that would be the one bit for the episode that was yeah. funny. Well, me. I also, okay. I like, my favorite bit from the episode is, well, I, I like the beginning bit. They decide to go jellyfishing. I do like the beginning bit when um, they're getting ready to jellyfish and it's got like this very serious like electric guitar and they're all like really serious and then they slide down the ropes into like they're like doing a montage and they slide down the ropes and they get down at the bottom and they're like and they're like blowing on their hands. I think that's another good bit. Uh, But other than that, it was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, I think this episode tries to cover like too much territory. Because you have that whole beginning bit, and then Squidward sees them jellyfishing, he says no to jellyfishing, he gets injured, then they go jellyfishing, and they torment Squidward for so long. I'm just like, it's just such a, it's, it's, it felt long, which it shouldn't have, because it's 11 minutes long. I think when I originally thought of this episode, I didn't remember it having both parts i thought they were two separate episodes so i thought like the beginning bit where they get ready to go jellyfish and they go jellyfishing was a different episode and that this was the one that was just with squidward and so i was like oh this was not exactly what i remembered it's kind of like the karate part of the t episode yeah where you're just like oh right this is also in this episode Mm -hmm. and like the karate thing you know when i think of karate and spongebob I, there's a later episode that's much more about karate yeah and i think it's only about karate and you're like okay this is pretty funny karate uh, yeah. yeah and then there's when i think of jellyfish i think of like the um the jellyfish like honey episode where mr crab starts farming them yep that yeah but like these episodes seem to be trying to cover more territory in one go that's why the crusty crab pizza episode it's like it starts with them making the pizza, and it ends with them delivering the pizza. It's one very finite sort of thing. Okay. Whereas if you try to cover two ideas, it's, like, too much. Agreed. Um, also, looking at the list of seasons slash episodes <laughs> and the years that they aired, it makes sense that we remember three as being, like, a quote-unquote later season. Because seasons one, two, and three were all in three years succession. So 99, 2000, 2001. And then season four didn't come out until 2005. And then season five didn't come out until 2007. So it kind of makes sense. Like by the time season four came out, I was in high school. Right. So it's it's like a family guy situation where they made three seasons and they were probably constantly rerunning those three seasons. Oh, for sure. for For sure. A while, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, it was again, we went in reverse order. Um I'm sure there are so many episodes in that one, two, and three that are super memorable. The first like probably pilot type episodes did not hold up as well, but they're just rougher and less developed, so I think that's forgivable. But I could I could watch more SpongeBob. I might actually watch more SpongeBob. Oh my god, ripped pants. <laughs> That's a class. That is a straight that up is classic. A hundred percent. That's that's the second episode. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the episodes from season one now. Okay. Ripped pants is episode in episode two. Then we've got our first plankton episode was in episode three, but that we didn't watch. And then we got boating school. The first time he goes to get his 
license. Um, Pizza Delivery, which we watched. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, that was episode six. And Pickles, that was episode six. Uh, Oh, Hall Monitor, I remember that one. Damn. Sandy's Rocket, forgot about this one. Opposite Day, yeah. Classic. The fun episode was in season one? Why don't I remember that? Muscle Bob. I doubt Buff you pants. thought of things about. Or I doubt you thought of TV shows as seasons when you were that young. Definitely not. No, it's just whatever was on. Scaredy Pants. Karate Choppers. There we go. Valentine's Day. Man, forgot about all Texas. There we go. These are all in season one. I mean, if you think about it, in if they did 20 episodes, that's 40 something bits like they cover ground fast we didn't do any of the holiday episodes which was also weird to me where the voice of spongebob is what's the pirate's name like live action you know what i'm talking about no okay never mind i i was not aware that the pirate had a name i think he does oh my gosh grandma's kisses remember that episode mm-hmm. i like that one God, there's a lot. There's a lot of good episodes. God damn it. Yeah, Frank Well, we got to save it for the spinoff podcast, yeah, so we can't true. talk about them all right now. So anything else we want to add to SpongeBob? I, I mean, I, I think it's a brief episode, even though we're joking, just because it's still enjoyable. And it's obviously a kid's show and a cartoon, but like in the best way. Like it's not overly simplistic, but the jokes are still sharp. It's rapid fire. But it's just like good. It's yeah. It's just good. It holds up for sure. It definitely holds up. Absolutely. I'm kind of thinking I might want to watch more later seasons and see not necessarily late seasons, but with the same voice characters. Um, but that would be fun. But yeah, I mean, I think overall, I freaking love this show. I, I loved it then. I love it now. I think it's really good. Would watch it. Like, I hope my future child wants to watch Spongebob because it's just good. Yeah. Yeah, it holds up. It's got a weird... It's it's an interesting balance of things. Uh, of Like, it has a weird energy like those 90s cartoons had, but it doesn't go overly weird... It doesn't feel like a constant fever dream, which some of those 90s cartoons do. Or like Uh, overly esoteric, right? Like it's like it just has very simple plots and then works within them in a way that is satisfying. Like there is still like a plot throughout each episode and it gets resolved and it's short and sweet. And it just, like, never overstays its welcome. Yeah, I think if you were to describe the premise of Spongebob to someone who had never seen it, I still, I think they'd be like, eh, I don't think I'd want to watch that. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, so it's about this sponge. Um, He's super optimistic and kind of got a Ted Lasso vibe about him. Um, And it's just, like, his life. You'd be like, meh, that doesn't sound good. Like, I don't want some overly optimistic character like, it just doesn't sound good. But, like, in reality, there's so many good bits, and they have such a good juxtaposition between, you know, him and Patrick, but him also him and Sponge, or not SpongeBob, him and Squidward. All the side characters have fun, like, personality traits that are just fun. I think it's overall 
an excellent show. We'll continue watching. I'm glad it's on Amazon. Wow. Thanks, guys, for... Uh, oh, I had one more thing to stories. add. I was giving Anoop some space to jump in, but I also I've think... Unlike I'll edit that, it out. It's fine. Unlike a lot of stuff we've done, even cartoons, since it is con- entirely fictional in the sense that they are sea creatures that can talk... And, I'm sorry, what? And <laughs> since it is, like, firmly a kid show, it is at least in the episodes we watch, not misstepping in a way that a lot of early 2000s stuff that we do, we do does. Like, there isn't any, like, transphobic, homophobic, <laughs> like, true. racist, like, weirdness, like, pervasive through the whole thing. It's, like, just firmly a kid show and doesn't do anything, like, culturally inappropriate by today's standards, which is also nice. I'm sure if we rewatched everything, that would not be the case. Um, yeah, there's some pretty transphobic episodes, but I, I don't know. Um, well, I was so when we were talking about doing this, I looked up. Um, I was on the Wikipedia page. Let me pull it up. Uh, and there's like a whole big section on controversies, and I was like, "Excuse me," with SpongeBob. Well, isn't there a theory that him and Patrick are partners? Yeah. So, long story short, it's all just a bunch of fucking bullshit. But like, they essentially there was like a bunch of children's shows that got together to do a, a song called "We're Family" to promote diversity and tolerance, and it was attacked by oh, can you guess it? Religious people. Um, saying that they were using Spongebob to advocate homosexuality. Nice. Um, and then it prompted the question whether Spongebob is gay. And essentially, the the writers of the show had to be like, why do you got to make it sexual? They were like, we kind of, I guess he's like an asexual. Like, they even mentioned like, well, he reproduces by, by like just budding and shit. So they're like, I don't know, like... We just kind of never saw him that way. and, and like, Yeah, it's a fucking sponge, guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's a fucking kid's show. Why you gotta make it about sex? Jesus. But yeah, it's yeah, very... Yeah, the internet fun. already does that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, God, queer theorist. This is an actual quote. Queer theorist uh, Jeffrey P. Dennis, author of the journal article queer tunes argued that spongebob and sandy are not romantically in love but added he believes spongebob and patrick quote are paired with arguably erotic intensity see this is what i'm saying this strikes me as exactly the same as the quotes you were saying before where i'm like i think you're way overthinking this i i also i stand firmly in the camp that uh implied homosexuality it is you don't get points for that there's no no value to it. The J.K. Rowling you know, uh, coming, yeah. yeah, coming out and saying, "Oh, by the way, Dumbledore is gay." You're like, okay, well, that means shit to me because he yeah. should have been outwardly gay in the fucking books. In the series, uh, I don't think either of you guys have watched it, but the Legend of Korra uh, ends with uh, it's a sequel to Avatar: The Last Airbender. It ends with the main character walking off into like a walking off into the sunset with her female best friend. And it's heavily implied that that's romantic. And they do a follow-up comic where it is immediately confirmed that they, like, they have their first kiss on this, like, two days after the end of the series. But I'm like, you still don't really get points because yeah. you implied it in the show. I'm totally It's just with the you. comic's confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Oh boy, several of the series' episodes have also been the subject of controversy. In a report titled Wolves in Sheep's Clothing, which documents the increase in potentially violent, profane, and sexual content in children's programming, the blah 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 claimed the season 2 SpongeBob SquarePants episode Sailor Mouth was an implicit attempt to promote and satirize use of profanity among children. Well, that's fucking stupid. God, people are so <laughs> fucking dumb. Can't you just call a kid's show a kid's show? You know, the interesting thing is I, I do feel like there was a cultural shift uh, towards like, I mean, I use profanity all the time, even as an adult, and, and it hasn't really stopped. And I do you guys feel as though profanity is like not as much of a thing anymore yeah, as sure. it used to be? I just don't, I can't imagine caring about that. No, I've never worked somewhere where, like, you can't swear and, like, you'll get fired for it. Whereas, like, I feel like back in the day, like, it was a thing. Like, it was unprofessional to swear. They're just, like, emphasis words. They're, like, almost, like, onomatopoeia at this point. Isn't it bullshit that yeah. as a society we've just been like, oh, yeah, that word, that string of letters together, mm, that's bad. And you can get fired from your job. You also for made all the best sounding words profane. Like, fuck is just a good fucking word. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's very it's it, it is satisfying, acoustically satisfying. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, another one: SpongeBob's Last Stand and quote selling out have been criticized for promoting environmentalism and left wing politics because they're ne- negative portrayal of big business. <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, essentially, SpongeBob has gotten flack for all of the right reasons. Yeah. SpongeBob, SpongeBob, you're fired. A 2013 season nine episode caused widespread controversy and sparked a political debate over its portrayal of unemployment. Jesus, this is wild. People are absolutely wild. Yeah. Well, you know, there. I would like to say that. We lived in a time where people got mad over the stupidest shit. We still live in that time. Uh, but people people always find a way. You know, remember the most popular selling series of children's books uh, is widely considered devil worship by like a not insignificant number of people. So, And then now the other people who don't believe it's, it's devil worship uh, it, don't like it anyways because of the transphobic yeah. fucking author so here we yeah. are she just can't win her fucking mouth just shut. shut your goddamn mouth i wouldn't say that about to any woman ever but i'm specifically saying it to jk rowling like you could have just shut up and lived off she your is goddamn literally money. richer than the queen she could have yeah. shut up and yeah you don't know. and you know i can forgive transphobia but i can't forgive how bad crimes of gritty will <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> <laughs> that was my stance I mean, Crimes of Grindelwald is a crime in and of itself. It is a very bad movie, so... (laughs) Yeah, I was more willing to forgive that before the whole transphobia thing. You are right, though. It does feel like with... Back to Spongebob. It does feel like with Spongebob, like, going back and watching the first season and, you know, watching some of these early episodes, like, I didn't get a hint of anything. The fact that the only controversies for the show are basically made up by just people who are so scared of gay people... No, it is it is very like, firmly a kid show, and it is also not tied into a moment. Like we did Rocket Power, yeah, which is a kid show, but also so interconnected to extreme sports, which yeah. have fallen out of the pop culture. Yeah, it's very specific. So it's like it's, it does not hold up. But SpongeBob is just so disconnected from reality that it still works. Like it's still yeah. fun. Like it's still like just 
It's timeless. They did a good job of making it timeless. Yeah, it's just a cartoon. Like, it is just, in the purest essence, a cartoon. That's true. I wonder how many other cartoons we could watch that we could say that about. We still rewatch Adventure Time pretty consistently, and that's a decade old at this point. Yeah, Adventure Time I didn't get into until grad school, so I'm not allowed to weigh in on it. I mean, it came out when we were in high school, so yeah. Yeah, I certainly didn't watch it until, like, college anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, it was weird when I was a nanny that Jonas would watch Adventure Time. Because it's an amazing show. It's like, nine. And promotes and amazing like, themes. Great, let's talk about your sh- this show that you, we both like. And it makes me feel things. And everyone <laughs> should watch it. So it's time for the Christmas episode. Oh, I should got to make it my banner on Facebook. Yeah, it's um, the season. Anything else? I, I This was, oh, like, a nice... Up break from spooky season Mm -hmm. jump back into nostalgia stuff but also just like nostalgia in the best way like a weighted blanket almost like ah this hits the spot yeah sorry aside what did we do last time scream and scary movie i believe was our last episode okay so yeah i mean it seems like we're all pretty positive about this so how many uh scary movies is spongebob all right, so how we did it? Okay, so we did Casper. We did Casper to Scream. No, Scream. there had to be something in between. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did Casper to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park to Scream, Scream to Scary Movie, and now we're doing Scary Movie to SpongeBob. Right, and I think we were all pretty okay on Scream, and then Scary Movie came in and blew up the system <sighs> yeah i forget i i gave multiple point zero. it's like point zero 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 something yeah so you, you have to get of... into scientific notation because excel can't fit it in the cell anymore yeah. um oh my god a million <laughs> it's like the anti-scary movie if that makes sense like, like okay yeah. if we're using my scale of like uh how many if in 365 days how many times would i choose to watch spongebob over scary movie it's 365 times yeah every (laughs) single day i would choose spongebob over scary movie for the rest of my life that is what i would do it's just like the point i was making at the end scary movie is the antithesis of that where it makes every misstep possible yes and steps in every culturally inappropriate or just obscene like rake that smacks it in the face like it's just so unnecessary and gratuitous and gross yeah like 10 million scary movies like it's not even fair yeah i think i'm gonna have to go that high of a number as well i was thinking like a million but i might even have to go more let's go i'll go five million scary movies and then Next time that we record in 18 years, um, we'll have a normal scale to go off of. I guess, like, it also in the sense, like, it's like the two, it's a double-edged sword of nostalgia. Because I'm nostalgic for Scary Movie, too. Like, I remember a lot of Scary Movie, but in the worst ways, watching it, and I'm, like, horrified. Like, oh, I used to find this funny, and now I'm disgusted with myself. Whereas SpongeBob, it's like, oh, I was a kid. It was a cartoon. And then rewatching, I'm like, oh, it's great. It's funny. It's cute. 
it's wholesome. Yeah. It has a good yeah. message. Like, okay, I have faith in myself again. Yeah, that's true. Like, right. thinking about this nostalgia I had for Scary Movie does make me feel like a bad person. Whereas yeah. SpongeBob makes me, it, it's, a, it's a redemption. It's a redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, ah, I'm not a monster. I <laughs> Not everything I like is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's five a million. nice feeling. I gave it five million. What about you, Anup? I'm trying to figure out what I gave Scary Movie, but we spent a long time talking about <laughs> these two movies. Um, oh, boy. Jeez. I'm pretty sure you gave it like Our... a point zero 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 one. Are you scrubbing through the last episode? I am. Oh. It's not going to work. Uh, let's go with just a, a nice round like million and... We'll call it there. I think that'll get me above where I was by quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I vaguely recall the number 10,000 is what I would need to do to get back to zero or back to one. So, and then past one. Yeah, I, I would say almost any day I would take SpongeBob over Scary Movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A million. Probably our biggest blowout of a past thing, and I mean, unless you could do the opposite of a blowout, a suck in, (laughs) which would have been a blow in. (laughs) No, it's opposite. So suck in. So it's opposite in both directions because then you just have a blowout again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if I like, where is like two negatives getting hate back to positive, (laughs) like. But I think uh, going from Scream to Scary, or not, yeah, Scream to Scary movie also was like a, a suck-in, if you will. We got a good old suck-in on our hands. <laughs> yeah, it'll get you sucking. <laughs> uh, anything else, guys? Speaking of things that won't age well, uh, this has been a podcast, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's a... This is a good episode. Uh, if you haven't watched SpongeBob in a long time, go watch it. It'll be nice I and can't... nostalgic and enjoyable, and it'll it's a little palate cleanser. I can't fucking wait until Papa Bezos is like your podcast is raking it in for the Prime subscriptions for people to watch things like Scary Movie and SpongeBob. Yeah, here's the promo code. Drop it in. And I can be like, oh, and if you if you want to watch SpongeBob again, just log into that Amazon Prime. Use forward slash EYRS pod to get your 10% discount code now. Papa Bezos thanks you. I can't. I, I wouldn't accept that. I, that. No, don't let li- Jeff. Abs- Jeff, don't, I would absolutely don't accept listen. That. We got 15 packages from you today alone. She's lying. I did not. We got one package. Still proves the point that we still use it. I wanted watercolor. Yeah. Okay. If. If Jeff Bezos wants to give me money, I'm happy to take Jeff, that. Jeff, please. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, if you're listening, we need this. Jeff, be cool for once in your life. I, not once in your life. The bald head looks good. Space is cool. I support your hobbies. Jeff, we like SpongeBob and it's on Amazon Prime. Give me that promo code. This, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Jeff Bezos' hobbies. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Everything You Remember Sucks. Uh, Just a little programming note. Next week, uh, we had to recast the actor playing Matt. So Matt will be played by Val Kilmer. 
But see you guys then.